This, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen. Thanks for joining us today for TED Speaks with your host, Ted Carew, the positive safety coach. As co-host and Ted's wife, I have the added task of keeping Ted in line and laughing at his jokes, which isn't always easy. My name is Barb Carew. We are coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the Brewers, Miller Beer, and the Fonz. How could it get any better than that? Our podcast focuses on sharing ideas with business owners and safety professionals to keep employees safe and families together. Our passion for keeping people safe is the reason Total Health and Safety Solutions was created. This is how Ted is able to share his 25 years of safety experience by supporting companies around the globe in their efforts to strengthen their health and safety process. Please join us in welcoming Patrick Harrell. Patrick was born and raised in Durban, South Africa, and has lived in the U.S. for the past 23 years. He became a U.S. citizen in 2010 and joined the Capital Safety Team in February of 2013 as the Territory Manager for Wisconsin and the Upper Peninsula, and continued his role when 3M purchased DBI, SALA, and Protecta in 2015. He was previously a safety specialist for six years in the Green Bay area. Hey, Patrick, welcome to uh, TED Speaks today. How are you doing? Hey, morning, Ted. Very good, thank you. Always great talking to you. Great talking to you too, Patrick. I mean, you and I have worked together for probably the last 15 years or so, and I definitely find you as one of the experts in fall protection, so I'm very excited to have you on our show. Well, thanks, Ted. I appreciate it. I've always looked forward to working with you out in the field as well in the old days. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the experienced days, right? (laughs) Because we can't (laughs) say old, you know. All right, that's true. What is one fall protection topic that you see that really needs to be improved within the field? As we were talking about working together and stuff like that, what's one common issue you see? Ted, as you know, everybody knows just the basics and the general, but one thing that is rudimentary that I think everybody seems to overlook too much is just the basic beginning, right? What's the first thing we need to try and do before we do anything? And that's training. Training and education to me, is a fundamental part of fall protection and something that's overlooked and people don't do their due diligence on training. It's a big thing, especially not only that, showing it how it's actually done. I was at a client this last week, actually, and I had to watch them try to put on a brand new harness and it was really painful for me. The whole time I'm thinking, why doesn't this person know how to put on the harness? Well, it's just something they've never done before, but just saying, here, put it on. It's not as easy as it looks. Correct. 
and as I said, that's something that uh, everybody goes through the motion. Mm-hmm. We very often talk about complying to OSHA and just checking the box, doing the bare minimum that's needed. And something with fall protection, right, is starting at the basics. We take it for granted. People understand and know things. But we've got to try and figure out and say, look, we need to really help people out. And the biggest key to helping people out in fall protection is really that training portion of it. Yeah, and that's one of the things that you provide, right? I mean, you go around and and do this type of training for clients all over the area, really, and working on, on how to do it. But you don't just explain it. You actually show it. Correct. When I get onto a job site and things like that, or anybody gets onto a job site and we'll walk around and see people doing things incorrectly and we'll ask them, why are you doing this this way? Well, I don't know any other way. And it gets back to the fundamentals, the training portion of it. We need to really get down to the fundamentals. And as everybody knows, you know, you ask anybody in the industry, especially in construction, what's the leading cause of death on a construction site? And everybody says fall. Right. We all know it. And the most cited too, right? The most cited. Yes. And the fatalities don't come down. If you ever look at the number of fatalities year over year, they constantly stay the same. More people are using fall protection. So why is the death staying so high? And it starts off with the fundamentals. Yeah, I think of a, another example where I had a younger gentleman that I was working with come up to me and had his leg straps completely loose. Yep. And I said, that's great for walking around maybe and stuff like that. But when you fall, what do you think is going to happen? And he had no clue, never even considered that part of the process. So sometimes being able to show and understand why we have to make sure those leg drummets are tight or, or whatever it may be. Would you agree? Absolutely. It's a simple task. We all take it uh, for granted that everybody's going to know it. But again, when people don't get trained on how to do it, they have no idea. And the bad part too is that a lot of times people on job sites look up at the senior people, the seasoned veterans, I would say, like myself, if I was on a job site. And because we weren't taught, we don't do it properly, the youngsters look at us and they do the same. Mm-hmm. I cannot stress and reiterate enough to people, do not shortcut the training. Start at the basics and you're going to find that compliance is going to go up. People understand the importance of why they need to do certain things and just make for a whole better work environment all the time. You know, people hate running around and complaining to people all the time saying, do this, don't do this this way or whatever it is, and then writing them up and getting into complaints. And so people get into those situations because they weren't ever educated or trained. That's true. That makes sense. Patrick, kind of going back to Ted's example of someone that was wearing it kind of incorrectly, I'm assuming the sizing of a harness and doing it correctly is pretty important, right? And that's part of the training that I'm sure you hit hard on? Correct. Sizing of a harness is critical to, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people have a lot of turnover, so they think that one size fits all. It doesn't. Every manufacturer has multiple sizes of harnesses from extra small to a 3X. So having somebody who's small in stature in a triple X harness, that can be exceptionally dangerous to somebody falling through the harness and out of the harness when they actually take a fall. And it can lead to a lot of complications, physical complications, medical complications, if a person has a harness sized incorrectly after the fall. A harness is designed to stop an individual in a fall, but it's not designed to have them suspended in it for a long period of time. And The better you have a harness fitted, the longer you can survive in a harness. So sizing is key. And again, how do you know what harness to wear? How to size it properly? It starts with with the fundamentals. It's the training portion of it, showing the person how to size a harness. 
everybody has a sizing chart. They're very generic. There's a couple of little tips that we give out. One of the tips I'd give out for sizing a harness is take your shirt size, go down one size. I wear an extra large shirt. My harness is a large. Okay. That's just a rule of thumb. It's obviously not written in stone because there's just so many variables in humans in sizes. So sizing a harness and getting a correctly sized harness is key. Yeah, and I love going back to what you started out with, just beginning at the basics when it comes to training and education. You can get more detailed, but you have to start with the basics. And something like this, someone might think, well, how hard can it be to put on a harness? But if I'm the one doing it, I want to make sure it's on correctly. And like you said, when you train and educate and you're in person showing someone, you have that visual aspect of walking them through it. And I know that's how... I learn better. Like if I can see someone actually do it and fit me for one, I feel like it's going to stick. And it seems like that's kind of the process you work through. Obviously, people are usually working with their hands, people that we're working with on the floor and the job sites, right? And that's how they understand things. Patrick, I got a question for you. Does the D-ring go on the bottom or the top? (laughs) (laughs) An inside joke for you too. (laughs) Oh, for a lot more people, hopefully that are listening too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, rudimentary question, right? But uh, Ted, you and I both know we've seen a person wearing a harness upside down. And it's just that simple, right? It's been shown out that people think they know what's going on. And a simple task is putting on a harness is not easy for some people. I hate to talk about citations on OSHA, but OSHA is really after the training portion of it now because they understand that just having equipment doesn't mean it's going to work right. So the focal point and OSHA coming up now when talking to some of the OSHA inspectors or compliance officers or even people who are just out there trying to assist companies, training is a key fundamental that they're going after. And sadly, people think it's just a request. It's not a request. It's actually a requirement. Right. So OSHA requires you to train people when working at height. Yeah, it seems like some companies, and maybe they don't get it, but just want to like kind of check training off their list because they're supposed to do it. But really, if you're not learning anything, then it's not going to benefit you when you are in a situation that's dangerous, right? Yep, absolutely. And a lot of people do training with videos or DVDs or things like that. But people learn better when, as you said, Bob, when they actually physically see it, touch it and feel it. Mm-hmm. I agree. When you have somebody in front of you who can explain things, and if you have a bit of difficulty, they can assist you walk through that difficulty right on the spot where you're following somebody on a computer or a TV, you can't ask them those intimate questions. Right. Yeah, and I think it's more easily to probably be distracted when you're watching a video or something like that versus a person, and especially with your presentation, Patrick, I know you do an excellent job with that. What are one of the worst behaviors that you see in the industry today when you go out and work with different companies? Well, some of the worst are something that's still been around forever, right? In fall protection, we say we are reactive industry. So we make changes very often, sadly, after an incident happens. Very true. And because people misuse equipment, they misuse things. So, so they say, well, I have this piece of fall protection equipment and I can use it any which way I like to use it. Fall protection is designed to be used in a certain orientation, certain application, certain environment. So you need to make sure that the products you're buying fit you where you are working and not just say, well, I'm working and yeah, let me just buy out a piece. It's got to go the other way around. So the biggest thing in fall protection and misuse is people don't understand free fall. Right? Fall protection doesn't prevent a fall from occurring. 
So how far does an individual fall before the equipment begins to catch them? And the reason why we're so adamant, and this is so important, the further a person falls before the gear catches them, the more kinetic energy they've generated. So anchorage above a person's head, the equipment reacts quicker. When you tie off to your feet, you have to fall down to that point then beyond that point. So you've fallen further, you're accelerating, you're traveling faster, you're generating more kinetic energy. And some pieces of equipment just physically cannot handle that. So again, misuse of gear is something I see all over the place. We'll walk on you and say, you have a piece of equipment that's not going to work for you here. And again, it's, well, why not? It's fall protection. And that, that, again, sends off the alarm bells in my head that these guys have never been trained properly or educated properly on how this gear actually works and what to look for when you're picking up a piece of equipment. How often do you go out and see clients tying off for more or less tying off because they have to tie off, meaning that they'll probably hit the ground before being stopped? How often do you run into that? Certainly, Ted, more often than you and I. It's unbelievable. Your big construction companies, they get it a little bit more than the generals or the subcontractors, but just because you're a small contractor doesn't mean you have the same pain as a big contractor. And yeah, just tying off, just for the sake of tying off, saying we're doing it, when you actually need it, now it's too late. Right. So again, that's, that's a huge concern for us. And a lot of the larger companies that you refer to have gone through the issues, right? Unfortunately, and that's how they learn. Yeah, unfortunately, the larger construction companies are finally, we're starting to see them spend that time on education and on the training, asking their subcontractors, what type of training have you guys done for this? And it's a trickle. It's not something that's done very often, but they're starting to come to it. And then you have the people complaining, well, that general is so strict. Right. Well, no, they're good. Right. You know, they're trying to do due diligence. We've got to remember something, right? I very often when I start doing a seminar or a presentation, I'll ask a simple question to everybody. Why do you go to work? Do you have to or do you want to? And I, I do, but I still have to do it because I need my paycheck. But I want to go home every day. Okay? We spend hours and hours away from our loved ones, from our families, to provide for them. But yet we don't think about them when we're at work. Because if I get hurt at work, who receives the phone call? Who's the one who has to come visit me in a hospital? And sadly, sometimes, who has to arrange the funeral? Right. It's our families that have to do that. We've got to remember that. Safety should not be a burden on us. It should be a privilege for us to be able to do because that allows me to go to work, earn an honest day's wage, but then it gives me the privilege to go home every day in the same condition I came to work. It's a simple question. But you'll see everybody looking at me like a deer in the headlights. Well, what do you mean? Right. Some people will say, well, I love my job. I'm like, great. But if you win the lottery, are you coming to work tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I travel around the country a lot. I joke to people. I say, if I find out I win the lottery, I'm phoning my company and say, hey, come pick up your fancy truck because I'm taking an helicopter road home. Well, <laughs> once you make sure it's in the bank though, right, Patrick? <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yeah, you bring up some great points. And a lot of times, one of the things that I say, and you're well aware of this, we uh, work to live. You know, and I think that's something Correct. that we always have to remember. And, right. and safety is a huge part of that. Absolutely. We're not going to live to work, right? Correct. Not many of us, at least. And so just remembering that, I think, brings up a really good point. Yeah, and I think it's so hard because everyone, 
I would think gets that. But unless something has happened to you or a loved one, it's just like anything in life until you experience, you think, oh, it's not going to happen to me. I get why it's important, but what are the chances? So talking previously about the industry kind of being a reactive industry, is there anything that should be addressed ahead of time when you're dealing with fall protection and heights to kind of make it more proactive or is it really kind of tough? Absolutely. One thing that any fall protection equipment cannot do, we cannot change the height you guys are working at. So understanding what height you have available before you go to work, now you say, okay, what equipment will work within that parameter? Okay, so in fall protection, free fall, as I mentioned earlier, but the other big portion of it is fall clearance. How much distance do we have for that equipment to do what it's designed to do? So fall protection equipment, every piece of it has a fall clearance requirement. We need X amount of distance for me to slow the physical, you know, slow the body down and stop you before you hit something. So we cannot change available fall clearance. So knowing where you're working, how much height you have, now going back and saying, okay, fine, what equipment will work within those parameters? Where do I need to put my anchor point? How far back can I do it? What's my work zone? So that's something that's absolutely critical. So going backwards, you know, in every job nowadays, well, not every job, lots of jobs, they're doing uh, pre-task job analysis. What are we doing today? What equipment do we need today? And how are we going to do it? And how are we going to do it safely? So one of the questions that should come up is, well, if we're working at height, what height are we working at? And what gear will work within that parameter? That's something that can be discussed before putting anybody at risk. Yeah, I mean, I really like that idea. Be as proactive as you can, and that's one way to do that. Having the GHA, not only for safety, but also makes you more productive as a company. Absolutely. There are just so many benefits to having the GSA, planning out what you're doing. Everybody knows what they're doing. They know what their role is. It's just so crucial in any industry, in my opinion. Correct. They do their GSA as well. We need free power hammer drills. We need this instead of going up and down. Oh, we need another piece and going down again and going back up. They normally take everything with them to cut down on, on that waste time of, of going to pick up things. So part of your JSA is, okay, if we're working at height, how are we going to tackle it? Do it from the ground, take your gear up with you, set it up, and off you go. I think that's a great point, Patrick, that you bring up. Me being the positive safety coach, I always like to look at the feel-good stories. Do you have any feel-good stories through your career? Feel-good story for me is I love it when I have to go back to a company and give them a brand new harness because they've had an incident and the person survived. All right, that comes to me pretty often. And it's phenomenal to be able to go back there or getting a phone call saying, hey, Patrick, just to let you know the gear worked, we did it right. It's sad to say, but those are days when I take back and I say, damn it, you know, I spent this amount of time away from my family, but I managed to reach one person where they did it right and they're going back to their family. Making that difference, right, Patrick? Making yep. that difference. Making that small difference. And then the, the contrary to that is when you hear something happen when somebody doesn't make it home and it's like, why didn't I get to that person? What did I do to miss that person? And how could I have done better to, to reach out to some people so they can hear these stories? and try and listen. So I'm constantly trying to improve, just like you, Ted, doing. It's phenomenal for, for when we see people spending time on these podcasts, listening to your podcast, or spending the time and due diligence on the pre-safety idea of it, right? Really getting into it and trying to prevent. 
You know, we always say prevention is better than healing, right? Preventing a fall is always better than dealing with a fall. Absolutely. Fall protection is not simple. We've never no. claimed that it's simple. <laughs> fall protection cannot solve every issue. We've never made claim to that. But when you need it, it's a great thing to have. Well, and I do have to say, Patrick, I think our listeners will gain a lot from this episode. You've really shared a lot of good wisdom, advice, tips, and I think it'll be well utilized. So we appreciate that. I know Ted is anxious to get to the ending portion of our show, the jokes, right? (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, Patrick, you know that me being this positive safety coach, I enjoy bringing humor along. You and I have had a couple of jokes in the past and enjoy that. So wanted to kind of get your opinion here on some of these jokes and see how you answer them. We have two for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our first one, what do you call a bird that is afraid of heights? Because you are the fall protection expert. I just wanted to get one in there that was kind of up your alley here. Any bird? Well, yeah, any bird. What do you call a bird that's afraid of heights? An ostrich. Go and fly. Oh, Oh. a chicken. That was just so obvious that I thought that that wouldn't be the answer. Yeah, we don't try to make these too difficult. <laughs> Our jokes aren't, um, you know, high quality here, maybe. Okay, but... don't put too much thought into it. Okay, No, good. no. Okay, we have one last one here for you. And when I told it to Ted, he didn't get it. So we'll see if this goes over Which well. doesn't mean anything, <laughs> yeah. Patrick, by the okay. way. <laughs> what do dentists call their x-rays? X-rays? Yeah, what do dentists call their x-rays that they take? No idea. Toothpicks. Toothpicks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know. See, you got it quicker than I did, Patrick, so that's good. We didn't promise they were going to be good. We just said we had a couple jokes for you. So, Hey, thank you so much for being on the show. You definitely have brought some value to our listeners, either through their career or for the organization. That's exactly what we try to do on Ted Speaks Live. If people have questions and want to follow up with you and learn more about you, how would they do that, Patrick? Yeah, I appreciate it. So for those who don't know, I'm a senior three and four protection specialist, so they can get hold of me via phone, 920-216-9825, or my email address is p-c-h-a-r-e-l at mmm.com. So passion for me, some people call me a geek in fall protection. I take that as a must. I eat, sleep, breathe, and live fall protection. But yeah, I'm always willing, able to try and help. Well, thank you very much, Patrick. And your passion definitely shows every time that I talk to you and you're one of the first people that I usually call for fall protection issues. So you're definitely very valued. And so thank you for being on the podcast and have a super safe day. Yeah, thanks, Patrick. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Ted Speaks with Ted Carew, owner of Total Health and Safety Solutions, providing health and safety support to businesses by customizing a safety process to fit their needs, big or small. Please connect at ted.carew at healthandsafetynow.com or visit our website, healthandsafetynow.com to share your safety stories or find out more about how we can work together to ensure your people go home safely and turn an expense into a profit center. Follow us and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Have a super safe week.